conning tower. Godzilla! Roaring defiance to the only enemy on Earth strong enough to challenge him. The unconquerable King Kong, giant gorilla god of this South Seas paradise, where sensuous maidens offer themselves in ritual sacrifice to his brute embrace. Godzilla has a brain about this size. He is sheer brute force. While Kong is a thinking animal. His brain is considerably larger. About 10 times the size of this gorilla's skull. Being instinctive rivals, there's no doubt that they will attempt to destroy one another. King Kong versus Godzilla, heading for their colossal collision. Shattering every obstacle that stands between them in the most fantastic rampage of annihilation ever recorded on film. See King Kong stamp Tokyo into the ground, holding a beautiful girl in his grasp. See Godzilla destroy an entire army. See King Kong trapped by the blazing barrier of a billion volts. But nothing, nobody can stop the great showdown when King Kong and Godzilla meet to fight for survival of the fittest. They call this a movie, testing the strength of friendships one terrible movie at a time. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and other podcast services by searching They Call This a Movie. We are part of the Main Damie Network. To find more from us, check out the website, themaindamie.com, or on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at The Main Damie. We are also now a proud member of Geek Vibes Nation. You can find them at gvnation.com. Welcome back to They Call This a Movie. This is Anthony Del Vecchio. Once again, with me is Dan Aquino. Say hello, Dan. Hey, hey. We are, once again, one more week without Mark Myers. Wish him the best, but he's promised us he will be back next week. But obviously, we are not rushing. But as we do every week during this lockdown, we start with talking about movies we have watched in the past week. So, Dan, what have you watched this week? You know what? I had it written down. God, I can't remember. I know I watched Tommy Lee Jones and Samuel L. Jackson movie. I think, what was it called? Rules of Engagement. Sorry about that. I was just, just going through what was on demand and... I'd never seen it before, so I figured I'd check it out. Guy Pierce is in it. It's a pretty good movie. It made me think of... Remember when I was talking to you guys a couple weeks ago about who's a good, like, angry actor? Yeah. And I was talking about Gene Hackman. I feel like Tommy Lee Jones is up there as well. Sure. He's, he, well, because he always exudes that old man crankiness. Mm-hmm. So, he, in the movie, he's a uh, military lawyer, and he's defending Samuel L. Jackson, who fired upon civilians in uh mm-hmm. where, oh man where was it it was in it was in the middle east so he's defending him and he, he's getting passionate in the, the courtroom does a good job you know it's a solid movie i would probably give it seven out of ten it's worth the watch but i think that's all i watched this week i, I don't think i oh I, I watched u571 i went on a uh, a war binge i guess yeah that movie not nearly as good as <laughs> rules of engagement man. but John Bon Jovi dies in it, so that's a plus. (laughs) I think I saw Rules of Engagement in theaters. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that was a a mid-90s movie, I believe. Do you remember what you think of it, or you thought of it? I think it's... I only saw it that one time, and it's been 20 years, so... I can't really say whether or not I liked it or not. I'm pretty sure I enjoyed it. It's one, you know, it's... There's only so... There's so few movies that I remember watching in a theater... And coming out and hating it. Usually yeah. because I do a better job of screening movies previous to going to a theater and spending money on watching it. Usually if it's my decision that I don't get stuck in a movie that I wind up hating. <laughs> yeah, there are a handful of movies that I can name off the top of my head that I went into theaters and saw and hated them. I would say Wind Walkers was one of them. Nicolas Cage. Wind Talkers. Uh, Wind Talkers. Wind Talkers with Nicolas Cage. That's one of them. Mm. Pompeii. Sure. That might be the worst movie I've ever seen in theaters. <laughs> Cold Pursuit with Liam Neeson. Sure. That movie was terrible. Suicide Squad. Hated it. And 
Birds of Prey. Those are the worst movies I've seen in theaters. Okay. Like, I remember the first time I ever walked out of a movie. Because, you know, when you're a kid, you're always just like, oh, every movie's great. Every movie that yeah. you just walked out of the theater is the best movie you've ever seen. I remember the first time I've ever was like, you know what? I didn't <laughs> love that movie. It was The Faculty. Oh, wow. Yeah. I was just like, you know, I wasn't really down with that movie. <laughs> What's going on in the world? <laughs> this isn't supposed to happen. I'm not supposed to feel these things. I, I think, think the worst movie I've ever seen in theaters might be Max Payne. Ooh, yeah, I have never seen that. I've only heard it's how bad it is. Yeah. So I, I definitely believe that. Oh, Max man. Payne or Jonah Hex? Ooh, yeah, that's another one. Jonah Hex. I think we saw that together. I'm pretty sure we did. Yeah, yeah that movie was pretty terrible. <laughs> thank you for bringing that up i totally forgot i saw it well now the discourse in a couple of months will be how jonah hex is an underrated movie yeah we gotta get the the uh the director's cut of that movie yeah god the first movie i remember walking out of and thinking i didn't really like that movie like i was really forcing myself to like it was spider-man 3 and that, that was in college okay so i, I yeah, yeah i just remember walking i was like that was good i think I don't know. I was like, did I like it? And then I, I just kind of had to talk myself <laughs> into it. And then later, I was like, no, I didn't like it. That was a bad movie. That's funny. Yeah, I remember. I remember being in the theater for that and just be like, this one's a weird one. <laughs> yeah, I kept waiting for it to get good. <laughs> like, yeah. All right, well, how long? How much long do we have? Oh, we've been here for two hours. Okay, so it's. I don't think it's gonna reach that point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So the only movie I watched this week, unless I'm forgetting something is actually no two movies i'll get the first one out of the way uh i watched richard jewel which was the hbo movie of the week uh it was fine okay it's not that interesting of a story like it's it's sad it's kind of sad how he gets just dragged for three months in the in the news <laughs> i remember that yeah there's really not much compelling moments to it uh, the the performances are pretty good. Like Paul Walter Hauser is really good in it as Richard Jewell, and Sam Rockwell is always Sam Rockwell, so you always get a good performance out of him. Yep. But it was it's like a it just didn't have enough to tell. Yeah, I mean, event it's like 90 days over this guy's life, and I think most people don't know he didn't do it. I think people just kind of like lost interest in the story and they moved on with their lives and they you hear the word richard jewel like oh yeah it's that guy that, that totally the park bomb was like no actually it was a white nationalist that also went on to blow up two abortion clinics and a lesbian bar but nobody knows about that no. part of the story yeah that that part seems to have gotten swept under the rug <laughs> uh, it's like a six like a solid six okay like good performances so... well directed but it I teeters mean, the line. Yeah, it's just not very interesting. And then the whole thing about portraying an actual real-life reporter as a woman that sleeps with a oh, federal agent yeah. to get a story and she's not alive to defend herself is kind of shitty. Yeah, that's that's a bad hat, right? It's like, if you're going to do that, then just like kind of make change the name or make an amalgamation of a couple of... You know, do something so it's like... Well, you know, we took some creative liberties with this, and it's not even the, her real name. I think they did that with Bombshell, when with uh, Margot Robbie's character. Right. Yeah. I think she was an amalgamation of women who had, uh, you know, obviously suffered at the hands of uh, sexual abuse. So, yeah, why, why not just do that? I don't know. It's weird. But then I watched, I believe the name of it is We Summon the Darkness. Interesting. On Netflix... It's a horror movie thriller starring Alexandra Daddario. That's what that tweet was about. I put it on Twitter. It was like, I'm a simple man. I see Alexandra Daddario in a horror movie. I watch it. So I watched it this weekend. It was fine. Kind of predictable, but interesting. It takes place in the 80s, and she, along with a couple of friends, are like heavy metal fans, and they come across these a group of guys that are at the concert, and then they go back to one of their houses and then kind of things get a little bit crazy it was fine i think it's a little more interesting than richard jewel it was like an hour and a half so if i had a toss up between what one i would watch again i'd watch that one first that sounds almost like jennifer's body a little bit i guess in a way yeah i'm I'm being very being very vague about what happens because i'm not not trying to spoil everything so not quite but i see by what i said yeah okay Um, gotcha 
but yeah, it was fine. So this week was your week. So you want to introduce our movie? Yeah, absolutely. So in anticipation with a movie that I am really looking forward to coming out, having been delayed due to the whole pandemic and uh, I, I know they had wanted to do reshoots and everything, so it's coming out next year. I was going through Amazon, and I noticed one of my favorite bad movies of all time was on there, so I had to pick it. King Kong versus Godzilla from 1962. Okay, give me a little background on this, because I really didn't know that this movie existed. Oh, okay, well, like, background from my perspective? Yeah, give me a little perspective, okay. like, if you know anything about, like, production of it or anything like that, because I always assume that, like, King Kong versus Godzilla was always kind of like fantasy. As right. Like, Wouldn't it be awesome if King Kong faced off Godzilla? But apparently that's there's a movie that exists of this yeah. already. Yeah, 1962. Um, from what I know, the writer of the film, I believe, wanted to do a King Kong versus Frankenstein movie, and no one wanted it. Like, no, no production studio would buy it. So they went to Japan for it, and I forget exactly who decided it but they said well why don't we just change it from frankenstein to godzilla and that's how it was made i don't know how i ever came across this movie to be honest i had it on vhs and i watched it every weekend at my grandparents house i watched it so many times i wore the vhs out and i had to get another vhs and i don't know where that vhs is but I remember we we were talking about it off of off the air. This is still one of the highest grossing Godzilla movies in Japan. If I think it is the highest grossing as of right now in Japan. But it's so silly. It's just such a bad movie. And I at the last New York Comic Con, someone was selling a print of the poster. I went and bought the poster. This is top five for me. Like you know how you love Pootie Tang. This is my Pootie Tang. If that makes sense. So for people that don't know, Dan, you're a big uh, kaiju's in general or just Godzilla? Kaiju's in general. King Kong, the uh, the 1933 King Kong movie is one of my all-time favorite movies. I would watch that repeatedly as a kid. But yeah, huge Godzilla fan. I would watch the like the monster thon on TNT when I was young, mm-hmm. and like that was all like the really bad Godzilla movies, you know, like. Godzilla vs. Hitera, Destroy All Monsters. I watch those movies all the time. I have posters, I have t-shirts, I have figures. I don't know why. And the, the last Godzilla movie, uh, King of the Monsters, not a very good movie. I think we talked about it on last week's podcast. Yep. But I, just, I have a soft spot for giant monsters because it's so cool. Okay, cool. Yeah, so as I said, I, I really didn't know this movie existed. I can't really say I've watched many, if any, of the old school Godzilla movies. I think I've seen Godzilla 98 and the, what was that, 2014 Godzilla? Yeah, yeah, uh, Gareth Edwards. Yeah. Yeah. And that's it. Oh, you're you're missing out. I think there's like 40 Godzilla movies. Yeah. (laughs) It's it's a lot. (laughs) Pretty sure I haven't seen any of them. I know of them. I've seen plenty of clips of them but I, I don't think i've ever actually sat down and watched a full one one of them that i really want to see is the shin godzilla that came out i want to say the year after so like 2015 i think it came out okay and if you look up you should look it up and anyone who's listening look up godzilla's um the look of him he's totally different he goes through three stages he like morphs he's a giant slug then a salamander and then he morphs into this nightmarish Godzilla. It's basically he's constantly evolving, but it's just such a cool look. It's so different from the Godzillas that we've seen and we know that I, I definitely want to check it out. I've read it does what the American version struggle to do, where there's not a whole lot of Godzilla action, even in Japanese movies. And I don't know if you noticed from King Kong versus Godzilla, not a whole lot of Godzilla in this movie. It's, it's only maybe like 20 minutes of Godzilla and King Kong, mm-hmm. the rest is all uh, human characters. So yeah. the Japanese versions always have a do a good job with the Japanese characters, I feel. Where in the American versions, you get Matthew Broderick and really bad one-liners, and then you get, you kill Brian Cranston off half hour into the movie, and like, now you're stuck with bland yes. characters. <laughs> so what I'm hoping for the Godzilla vs. Kong movie is just, I want to see as little of human characters as possible. And just a bunch of fighting. Cool. Okay, so King Kong versus Godzilla, 
1962, was directed by Ishiro Honda and stars Tadeo Takashimi. Oh, oh by the way, fuck you for this, because now the, I, I was I was thinking I was like I cannot <laughs> wait for him to, to talk about who the cast was. Kenji Sahara, Akihiko Hirata, Mayahama, Akihiko Wakabayashi. <laughs> You, you Akimi, skipped over a bunch of easy ones. Akimi, yeah. Akimi Nagishi. I tried to keep it short. Anybody that had a picture, I, pu- I pulled. Gotcha. Uh, I was going to say, you got Ichiro Arashima, right? Kenji. Yeah. You said Kenji Sahara. Yep. Jun Tazaki. So, yeah, yeah, it's not terrible, but the ones you picked were really, <laughs> were not that easy. <laughs> this had an IMDb score of 5.9 and a Rotten Tomato score of 50%. Uh, I did not see any box office. I don't believe this was actually released in the U.S. ever. But it was a budget of $200,000 estimated. I was bored by this movie, to be honest with you. And I told you that off air. Yep. It needed to be 15 minutes shorter. I was telling you off air that I would side with Mark here. Like, oh, I think it needed to be 15 minutes longer. Yeah. The second act is far too long for me. I would keep everything with King Kong and Godzilla, but I would try and find 15 minutes somewhere. I was struggling to get to the end of it both times I watched this. I, the, the only issue that I have with this movie is that, you know, obviously you build up this matchup and they really only fight once at the very end. Right. The, the first time they meet is a quick two minute scene. It's like a two to three minute scene where... Godzilla breathes his atomic breath and like Kong's like, well, fuck this. I'm out of here. That's not, <laughs> that's not even a fight. No. So I was saying you probably should have had him fight at least three times where you, yeah, you can introduce them and Kong just kind of like he chickens out and like, yeah, I, I don't want any part of this. Then the second time they get into it a little bit more and maybe like an outside, like someone interferes, essentially an outside force interferes. And then the third time you get the final battle where it's just, the two of them duke it out. They they crush buildings and step on tiny miniatures, and that's it. Yeah, I, there wasn't enough uh, miniature smashing in their final mm-hmm. battle for me. Right, there wasn't. I agree. Kong goes goes ham on Tokyo, mm-hmm. but in the in the final fight, they're like in the outskirts in like a small village, I suppose. But they're really not the ones that do much of the thrashing. Because, like, an earthquake hits and all of a sudden, oh, now the buildings are, like, falling to pieces. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if these movies are for me. Maybe and that might be it. I, I think that is a... It, these movies are definitely an acquired taste, I want to say. I, first of all, it, it, it's just so silly. The, the, the And sure. in 1962, you know, these suits were, like, top of the line. But they're so poorly made that King Kong looks... He looks nothing like a gorilla, really. He just mm-hmm. looks like a giant hairy man. Yes. Godzilla, yeah. you know, Godzilla looks like Godzilla essentially, but the uh, the dorsal fins are constantly flapping because they're plastic, you know, they're plastic and or rubber, and they look so bad. But I don't know, man. It's just I think that's the charm to me. There's the overacting by the the Japanese actors. The dub, the American dub, is mm-hmm. just so weird. The one guy just constantly talking about his corns. Yep. Uh, um, they don't destroy enough, but they destroy a good amount. Tra- trains get thrown down, tanks get melted, power lines brought down. And we'll talk about how the power lines come into play, which is really weird. Yeah. And even as a kid, I remember thinking, I was like, that doesn't make sense. There's a decent enough con- uh, destruction in this movie where I can say it's a Godzilla movie. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I feel like if I had more experience with it, I would be able to embrace it a little bit more. I'm not saying like, oh, I mean, obviously it's it's silly. And yeah, yes, the, the suits are ridiculous looking. And the suit the suit for King Kong just looks so terrible compared to <laughs> 35 years before that. Yeah, the stop motion is still, you know, it's one of the best. Yeah, it was fine. If there was less of the human stories of it, I probably would have enjoyed it more. Again, 75 minutes would have been right there for me. Yeah, I'm sure there is a there is a story out there. There is a cut like in an alternate universe where yeah, you trim 15 minutes off of some of the silly acting, and yeah, you could probably get it down. But yeah. man, I'm just I love this whole thing. So like, <laughs> it's just it's the again the overacting is still one of the best things. It's it stood the withstood the test of time, right? You see it, it's always parodied 
in the cartoons and other shows where Japanese people looking up, screaming, it's Godzilla and running. So I like the whole package there. It's It has a special place in my heart. I'm not going to begrudge you for that. But it, it, uh, I'm not gonna, it's not going to stop me from tearing the shit out of it. Do you want to get into the plot? Yeah, absolutely. All right, what do you got for us? All right, so I'm back to tell you about our friend Tia and her podcast, The Top Ten with Tia, where Tia and her friends get together and they discuss top ten topics of the week. So I think this past week was top ten books based off, or movies based off of books. So, yeah, she runs the gamut of directors, movies, TV shows. If there's a top ten list out there, she's going to cover it. So she's part of Geek Vibes Nation. Go check her out. She's a good friend of the podcast and just an overall good person. So, yeah, that's my spiel. Okay. And we're going to be right back with the plot. But before we do, we are going to take a second to listen to some messages from friends of the podcast. So we will be right back. Hey, everyone, this is Steve. And this is Adam. And we're part of the Hop Nation USA podcast. Pittsburgh's number three craft beer podcast. Join us every Friday for new beer reviews. We'll talk about the news, history, and homebrewing. Plus, we'll sit down with the best brewers and industry personalities that'll have us. So whether you're a casual drinker, a hazy boy hophead, or even if you're a whale hunting cellar hoarder, just search Hop Nation USA on Apple, Spotify, or your favorite podcatcher and join the nation. Oh, hi. Didn't see you there. It's me, George, from the best little horror house in Philly, the show where we talk about the best horror movie ever made, according to our guest at least. We've talked about groundbreaking classics like Texas Chainsaw Massacre and Alien, but we've also got a lot of great ones coming up, including some very fun guests like Len Kabazinski of Swamp Zombies and Red Letter Media fame, Caroline Williams, the star of Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, and Chase Williamson from John Dies at the End. So make sure you're subscribe to the best little horror house in Philly and I'll see you boils and ghouls over there. And welcome back and now it's time to get into the plot for King Kong versus Godzilla. We open on a spinning globe very similar to the old school Universal Pictures globe and a quote from Hamlet for some reason. And then on to the United Nations and the aspect ratio of this scene bothers the shit out of me. Everything looks well, stretched out. Oh, I was going to say why? What's wrong with the what's wrong with the shot? No, I don't know. I, I, it could just be the print, like the the transfer. Okay. Um, but there, at least in the first few scenes, it just feels like the the UN reporter. His head seems a little squeezed. Okay. <laughs> it always cracks me up in those scenes when they're to- they because they go back and forth between the UN reporters and they talk into the camera and then they kind of stop awkwardly and put the microphone or the the headset to their ear. And it just kind of cuts away after that. I don't know why that always cracked me up, but yeah. I watched it the other night. I man, I was I was giggling. <laughs> I don't know why. It, it brought up a question to myself, which I never thought about it. But I was like, the UN has reporters. <laughs> Maybe in '62 they did. Apparently, it's a thing. Yeah. But uh, yeah, and they just they just fa- like fast forward through a lot of points when just when they cut back to these guys <laughs> it's like, yeah it's a lot of now on land well it's a lot of uh exposition, exposition dump yeah, yeah. Uh, did you, i like the little uh the space station <laughs> yeah <laughs> it, was it looks a like a spinning it was top just a satellite it was just a satellite <laughs> we're like using this Sioux satellite technology we're communicating <laughs> with japan's un reporter it looked like a, a gyroscope. Yeah, it looked like a little spinning top almost. <laughs> it's basically someone drew a picture of a satellite, essentially, and just yeah. put it on the screen. This is what I think these look like. <laughs> right. I mean, we were five years away from 2001 A Space Odyssey, so who these guys are just making shit up. Right. But, yeah, but at the same time, they're visionaries. So we get UN reporter Eric Carter, and he mentions that there's been a bunch of earthquakes in Chile... And then their humanitarian mission sent to Chile, reported via a satellite that looks like a gyroscope, as we mentioned. And then there's also a glacier that is melting near Tokyo. And UN has its own submarine, apparently. <laughs> and it's going to that glacier to see what they could do, with all with its top scientists on board. And then he just he goes into the next story. He's got like like three or four stories that he gets to. There's also narcotic fruits that grow in the southeast. And no one could get their hands on more than a handful. 
So then we cut to Japanese TV execs discussing the fruit and the island it's found on, Faroe Island. I thought these berries were going to play a much bigger role in this movie. They're only really shown twice. Yep. Kong and, loves him some of these berries. Right. Yeah, essentially Kong is a big drunk in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Marquino, the one that found the fruit, says there's only... Yeah, there's a godlike creature. Yes. <laughs> what kind of scientist are you? Yeah. <laughs> if you're talking about giant monsters, yeah, why not? So there are advertisers at this TV executive station uh, giving them they're giving them pressure for content because I guess their their ratings are terrible. So the boss, Mr. Taco, I think his name is, tells two young execs that they should go to the island to find the monster, or if they can't find one, then they can make one up. And then one of the young execs, Sakurai goes home where he lives with his sister and her and her boyfriend Fujita and then Fujita his roommate hangs off the balcony with a special spool of thread this is the this is the part that I laugh the most about Fujita because yeah. they keep cutting back and forth that he's doing something else weird with this the, this special yeah. spool of thread he's swinging back and forth you're not Tarzan <laughs> yeah. I, I love that line stop yeah. it please you're not Tarzan yeah first he's just kind of ha- like leaning on it hanging and then they cut back to it he's just swinging on it and again that really doesn't play that big of a role no right so we've we're introduced to two plot points that really don't play any major role in the movie the right. the the berries the hypnotic berries and the super strong thread yeah, they serve specific purposes that I feel like is sort of the helicopters in Pacific Rim thing. Yeah, yeah, they're only there. <laughs> I love how we always bring that up. The lo- they are there to answer logistical questions. Right. Right. Yep. Like yes, how, how do you get King Kong off the island? Well, you get him to drink all this berry juice that makes him fall asleep. Great. And then how do we get him to Godzilla? So we airlift him with this, with these uh, unstoppable thread, this uh, unbreakable thread, and we just airlift him like he's a marionette. Oh man, he, it's so awkward. I remember as a kid thinking like he looks so silly, like the way that they lift him up. Yeah, he's like essentially, yeah, he's just a marionette. Yeah. So then, so he tells him it's an experimental thread that could help him help Sakurai on his expedition to Faroe Island. And he says that he's going to present it to his clients or whatever soon. Right. Yeah. So then his sister, Sakurai's sister, serves them both steaks. And he gets upset about the size of his steak. And then they find a news article about the UN submarine. And we cut away. The UN Seahawk heads to the melting glacier. And it is glowing. It seems to be radioactive. It's setting off the Geiger counts. And someone mentions that it looks a lot like a radioactive glow. And then the sub drives straight into an iceberg and it gets stuck. <laughs> yeah, it, it cuts right away. It cuts away and then all, all of a sudden they crash into it. Like, yeah, well, <laughs> someone fell asleep at the wheel there. Yeah. And then their plan is to literally just wait and hope someone finds them. <laughs> Top scientists, man. The UN's and very plan, best. Yeah. That plan then goes to shit when they start taking on water and then a fire starts out of nowhere. I'm assuming they die. Do we ever see those people again? Right, yeah, they're never spoken of again. I, I think one of them even yells Godzilla, but they can't see anything. Right. Right? <laughs> like, oh my god, it's, it's Godzilla. The person, the, the, the person in the helicopter yells Godzilla. Oh, I think it's okay. the first time we hear the words Godzilla. I, for some reason, I, I thought it was a guy in the submarine. Like, oh my god, Godzilla. What, what do you mean? You can't even see him. But the, the guys in the uh, in the helicopter are also pretty funny. They're <laughs> They overact like they're they're on the search for something. So the, the pilot will like nudge the co-pilot. And like, hey, look down there. Like, oh, oh, yeah. What's down there? Yeah. It's, just, it's so bad. The acting's terrible in this movie, <laughs> but I love it. As the copter searches for the sub, Godzilla busts out of the iceberg. And he looks like it's a cat that's stuck in a tub. <laughs> He's just kind of like throwing himself around, thrashing. And they apparently do that it's... a lot with, yeah. with these characters where it'll be like they move around so awkwardly. They, they they basically look like puppets. Yeah. And it's all apparently being watched live via the UN news report. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, the, the satellite, I guess. I don't know. So a government official talks to some reporters about Godzilla, and he basically says that they plan military force in order to stop Godzilla. And as a last resort, an atomic bomb would do the trick. So then we get to see miniature tanks then start shooting Godzilla, who manages to make it to shore quite easily and then just fuck shit up. Again, all of this apparently being aired on television. Yep. 
TV exec gets annoyed at Godzilla and he demands that they find another monster of their own to exploit immediately. I, I love how he just assumes there's another monster out there that they can yeah. get. Well, if there's one, there's got to be more, right? Right. And that's a really, that's a tough request to make of TV executives. Yeah, right? <laughs> I feel like that would be someone that you make a request of, like a scientist or right. like yeah. an explorer. Yeah, you you hire that out. Right. <laughs> you don't send you don't send your uh, your two lackeys <laughs> to go find a monster. Here's a camera. Go find me a monster. <laughs> right. now, I, I, wonder, I wonder how that would happen in the real world. Like like if tomorrow I went into work and my boss said, listen, Dan, we're running out of news stories. I need you to go find me a monster. Well, I got to tell you, <laughs> one, I'm not the guy for this. I've never gone out of the continental United States, really. And two, I don't think monsters exist. Well, listen, ratings are bad. You know, ratings are bad. Just go find me some. OK, fine. And then you get then you get the you get Bigfoot. <laughs> Maybe I'd have to make something up for sure. And just pray <laughs> to God that they bought it. Sakurai and Kinsaburo land on Faroe Island and are immediately taken hostage by the native tribe of Faroe Island. They get brought before the chief of the tribe. And the chief is not happy that they are there, so Sakurai introduces radios and cigarettes to the tribe. And the entire tribe immediately lights up cigarettes. It's kind of refreshing to see a culture other than a European one completely corrupting a native culture. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they, uh, <laughs> I like the natives of the island. Are they in brown yeah, I, face? Is that Japanese people in brown I face? I think they're, I know they're Japanese people, <laughs> but I don't know if they're in brown face, to be honest. Maybe. Or, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't want to speculate. But the, the way that they, to me, that whole Faroe Island scene is so great because you get the, the song. The song uh-huh. is so catchy. To me, <laughs> that song slaps, man. The, the song that they, they help put Kong to sleep. Yeah. And, uh, no WAP. No, no. <laughs> I'll I'll give them that. It's no WAP. <laughs> but listen, for its time, maybe it was the WAP of 1962. <laughs> oh my goodness, what are they saying? It's so provocative. <laughs> ben Shapiro doing a, a reaction video to this song. Yeah, listen, man. If <laughs> that song's not, that's not for us. All right, it's you're not supposed to really drill really into that song. It's you take it at face value. Enjoy it. <laughs> Enjoy it for what it, it's saying. So it starts to storm, and then it, the tribe starts chanting and praying to the mountains. Sakurai thinks their god is the thunder and lightning, so he calls them primitive, sa- primitive savages and laughs at them. But then they hear a roar and begin to pray as well. So now, it's. I think it's important to note that this is the American dubbed version. Yes. So that's not necessarily what they are saying, because... I had read that a lot of the the lines were dubbed to make it more comical. Okay. Where sometimes they're talking, like when the one character is talking about his corns, mm-hmm. he's talking, he's really talking about Godzilla's latest rampage in Tokyo. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. So that could very well be just United, the like the United States people being, you know, shitty as right. the, as we tend to be towards native american people sure. so yeah that could have just been like oh you know just say call them savages like oh yeah that's funny it's 1962 we could do that so just an important note they may not have really they may not have really said that in the japanese dub <laughs> that's good to know so then we have a scene back in the mainland sakurai's sister fumiko finds out that Fujita's plane to hokkaido crashed some have survived so he may still be alive so she plans to go to hokkaido to find him the japanese un reporter says that hokkaido is not safe as godzilla is believed to be headed there i never really understood was the plane crash because of godzilla they don't explain it, yeah. it's just a weird b story yeah it just kind of comes out of nowhere this I story think just... lifts right out Right. I think it's just a reason to get her to go to Yukaido. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. If, if I was cutting 15 minutes, I would cut this whole storyline out. Yeah, I agree. I, I don't think there's a really a reason. You don't even need to have him go to Hokkaido. Although, I don't know Japanese topography. Maybe he has to go that way in mm-hmm. order to get to the final area, you know? Sure. But, yeah, maybe just have him go elsewhere. The U.S. UN reporter sits down with a specialist from the Natural History Museum, Dr. Johnson... And Dr. Johnson believes Godzilla is a cross between a T-Rex and a Stegosaurus. And Dr. Johnson's speech here is the only time I've ever heard someone pronounce it reptile. (laughs) Yeah. 
Yeah, it's it's a very strange uh, pronunciation. I I agree. Do yeah. you think maybe he just flubbed the line? Uh, he says it twice. Oh, so that's how he really he thinks says it reptile rept- is pronounced. Reptile. Yeah. He's a southern boy. <laughs> Get those reptiles out of here. That giant reptile. The doctor says Godzilla is instinctively heading to what he thinks is his home, which is Japan, uh, based on fossils found in Japan. Then they elegantly shift to a story about a pharma team on Faroe Island. Sakurai and his team are deep in, in the jungle trying to make contact with this monster. Uru complains about his corns, and Uru gets attacked by a lizard, so he swings it by its tail, and Sakurai <laughs> shoots it. Yeah, this is the this like perfectly exemplifies what I'm talking about with how cheesy it is. The lizard, it's just like a recording of, I guess, lizard sounds and him swinging clearly a rubber lizard around. <laughs> yes. But the way he swings it around is so comical. <laughs> I don't know what he's doing with it. Right. But yeah, that to me, that just really exemplifies what this movie, what shines about it. It's yeah. just so corny, but so like they do the best with what they have. Yeah. I guess I sort of just kind of, I got it. At, at the beginning, and then it was just like, it kind of wore on me. Yeah. No, listen, I'm not saying you need to love this movie. It's a classic. No, it's def- if you like that type of genre, the rubber suit characters and all that, mm-hmm. then yeah, this is like right up your alley, obviously. But if not, yeah. I could see where it wears thin. I feel like this is definitely something that if you grew up on it, it's much different than if you try and get into it later. Sure. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah I, I would say so, right? It's You can't really... Yeah, it, it's not like a Marvel movie where, like, oh, I, I don't know anything about Iron Man. Let me sit down and watch it. And then, like, I'm hooked. Right. It's not that. It's really... Yeah, I, I, I think because of Godzilla being an international icon, really, and sure. not an American icon, it's tougher for the average audience member to really <laughs> get into... Godzilla movies sure and I I know that's why they put King Kong in there like all right well we can get the Japanese viewership and the American viewership so I think that's kind of what they're hoping for the new one as well but yeah I I agree I don't think if if you didn't grow up watching this shit (laughs) you're not going to really enjoy it I also think like time and place like if you told me like hey there's midnight movie they're showing one Godzilla King Kong versus Godzilla do you want to go I'd be like you know what I'd go yeah that sounds okay. like fun to, to watch in an audience. But me watching it at home by myself, it was like, eh, yeah, it is what it is. Yeah, I, and in all honesty, when I watched this, when I saw it was on, uh, it was Sunday night. So it was going, it was pretty late, so I was a little loopy. And that's <laughs> when I, I made the decision, like, yeah, we're, we're watching this. Gotcha. Okay. So then they hear some roaring sounds again. So they run away. They go back to their camp, and Uru continues to complain about his corns. They send a kid out to get some red berry juice for Uru to help him sleep. So the kid goes into one hut as mom's go as his mom goes looking for him. And then the hut is attacked by a giant octopus, which I guess snuck up on everybody. Yep. There's some unsettling there's something unsettling about the movements of an octopus, which I didn't realize until this moment. You know what freaked me out about the oct these are real octo- octopi? Because there's yeah. there's four octopi that they use. What concerned me about the octopus was how it breathes. Ooh, yeah, the side of its head. Yeah, the sucking Ooh. sound. I didn't like that at all. No, not, not and again, I remember even as a kid that freaked me out. Like, what the hell is going on with this thing? Yeah, because you know I didn't know what it, how an octopus you know moves and breathes, but I couldn't remember. Like, did they use a real octopus for this movie or did they use a fake? And they, they used both. And I was like, I I assume they ate the octopus. I assume oh, yeah, they sure. did. But from what I read, there was four of them. They ate one of them. The director had one for dinner. Oh, nice. All right. Well, all right. One out of four. Not terrible. I would assume they would have eaten all of them. But yeah. Yeah. I mean, at least we know that one didn't get go to waste. Who knows what happened to the other three? I think they really. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. But I think I read that they were released. But I, I was wondering, like. <laughs> to a wood they... chipper. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I hope not. Yeah, they, 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 that's in fine print. man. Yeah, there really wasn't many uh, animal rights or animal ad- advocacy groups for uh, movies then. Yeah. So yeah, I, I think if they're if that's true, if they release three out of the four, uh, that's luck. That's really lucky. Probably just fed the other three cigarettes. <laughs> <laughs> Played, and, and gave them the radio to play with. 
we had this conversation last week where you were hoping that Hell Comes from Frogtown had just giant frogs. So here we have giant yeah. octopus. So yeah, delivered on that hope. And it's funny because the the giant octopus attacks and they superimpose the tribal people, like yep. throwing the spears and everything like that. So again, like there was some creativity used in this movie to make it look like a giant octopus. Yeah. So to me. That, that was pretty cool, because that's what they did for the 1933 uh, King Kong movie, where they had the the background superimposed with the stop animation. Yeah, like rear projection or stuff like that. Yeah, so I think that's kind of what they did here. The, the color contrast is off a lot. I don't know yes. if you noticed. Everyone's kind of like bluish black. So, yeah, listen, it's not perfect at all. But it, at the same time, if you're a kid, I think it's like, wow, that's so cool. How do they do that? Mm-hmm. But now it's just like, oh, man, that's I'm glad I didn't I was an adult when I saw this because I would have just torn it to shreds. So the tribe fights the octopus and one guy gets tossed around with some incredible stop motion, I think. Yep. And then King Kong shows up and helps fight off the octopus. He throws rocks at it and roars at it until it goes away. Then he just starts shotgunning, (laughs) shotgunning red berry juice like crazy. Yep. (laughs) So important notice about King Kong, his move, his only move is throwing boulders in this movie. Yeah. That's it. He yep. his his plan A through plan Z is giant rocks. If there are none, he's in trouble. Because, yep. because he he doesn't throw punches. He doesn't really do anything else. I think he he does like a a drop kick. No, that Godzilla does the drop kick. So yeah, uh, he doesn't Yeah, he does jump on Godzilla and just start pummeling him with punches at the end. But that's about <laughs> it. Yeah. It's yeah. it's like a street fight. It's like the, the fight in They Live. He, he tells, he basically at the end, he tells Godzilla, look over there and jumps on him and starts just hitting him over the head. But <laughs> yeah, he doesn't have, like Godzilla has his iconic atomic breath and Kong just has boulders. Yep. And he throws them poorly. Like he barely hits his target. <laughs> so he drinks so much that he falls asleep and then the tribe dances and chants. Yes, so and, good. Uh, the TV execs steal the god of a native island. <laughs> How did they do it? There was three people. Yeah, I don't know. Right? They, they yeah. go ashore with three people. Yeah, I don't know. So then the UN reporter talks more with Dr. Johnson, and Dr. Johnson theorizes the size of both of the monsters' brain sizes and says that Godzilla is probably hiding in the depths of the ocean near Japan. The ship then begins towing Kong back to Japan. Sakurai's boss shows up via helicopter. And he almost immediately blows up King Kong with the dynamite, and that has been wired to him. Uh, it's probably a precautionary me- measure just in case if Kong wakes up. And That's weird. You, you expect him to wake up at one point, right? I would think. Right, I mean, so I don't know. why do it there? I don't know. I guess it was just kind of like a fail-safe in case he was... Although, it really does make sense to put it on the barge that he's on. <laughs> right, anything could happen. Yeah. It's dynamite. Yeah. But. What a what a shitty way to transport something. It's a, it's it's like the the raft from Castaway. Yep. <laughs> it's, it's basically just wood. Yeah. They they at least in the other movies they don't even really show you how they transport him. I think in like the 1978 one with uh, Jeff Bridges they put him in they put Kong in like the uh, actually in the ship like in the like they stow him there. Right. But here, it's, yeah, it's like, yeah, man, like, he's going to be our number one priority. Let's put him on a rickety raft. <laughs> yeah, what if it just, like, tips over? Right. Oh, <laughs> you run man. into a storm. <laughs> we drowned King Kong. <laughs> right. right. He's, t- he's, he's essentially tied down. He's defenseless. He can't, yeah, yeah if he tips over, he's done. <laughs> Shooting the dynamite was the best thing they could have done for him there. Yeah. <laughs> How he survives that, by the way, no clue. And it does because he does. Yep, because the script uh, says so. Yeah. So the ship's crew are then informed that they are ordered to recur- return Kong to Faro Island via the Japanese government and place Sekirai and his companions under arrest. Then Fujita returns home and his neighbor is surprised because she thought he was dead. And he tells her that he was he was kept late at work, so he missed his flight. But his girlfriend is now in Hokkaido to look for him. And just so happens that Godzilla has been spotted in near Hokkaido. And he's attracted by the train lights. Um, sure. Military, go ahead. I was going to say, sure, why why not have him just attracted <laughs> to just random things? Yeah. So the military works to evacuate Hokkaido, but Famika misses the train while Vegeta heads into Hokkaido to find her. 
Godzilla starts stomping shit, including the train. Famika starts running through a river for some reason, continuously fighting the fact that she forgot how to use her legs. And Vegeta <laughs> somehow finds her and puts her into his Jeep as Godzilla gets closer. It's, it's kind of funny to think that Godzilla would pinpoint one person and yeah. stalk them. Yeah. Right. I mean, she is so helpless. <laughs> she is. It's yeah. She's like ankle to... deep water and she's just just cannot get through it. Oh, my legs. I forgot. What is this running thing? What, do, what am I supposed to do? It's it's weird how they... So, essentially, Godzilla is afraid of the electricity. Essentially, yes. right? It makes no sense. <laughs> it makes no sense. Why? Yeah. He, he essentially breathes electrical fire. Right? Yeah. It's, I don't it's, know. The, it's the dumbest thing ever. Yeah. Meanwhile... King Kong's him up to try to break out of his restraints. Ultra tries to cut the rope from the barge to cut Kong loose, while Sakurai tries to blow up the barge with the dynamite. Toko tries to stop him, but accidentally does it himself, but the dynamite doesn't go off. So Sakurai and Uro start shooting at the dynamite to blow it up. They are successful, but Kong is just pissed. Wouldn't it have been cool if he attacked the ship? Right, but he doesn't. Yeah, it just kind of it fades to black and on to the next scene. Yep, which is... Kong and Godzilla see each other, and they posture at each other. Yeah, Kong throws rocks at Godzilla. Godzilla <laughs> uses his breath weapon. And then Kong just kind of sort of walks away. Yeah. He's like, eh, I wasn't expecting you. Fire? You didn't tell me this guy had fire for breath. Yeah. I, I didn't sign up for this. It was a very sobering moment for Kong. Yeah. It was like, oh, fuck that. <laughs> like, oh, I can't grunt at him anymore. I can't throw rocks and grunt. He doesn't respond well. It's like a, it's a Pokemon battle. It's it's not very effective. Yeah. So then the UN reporter tells us that Godzilla is continuing his destructive path towards Tokyo. The military works on a plan to lure Godzilla into a trap and then set off explosives. So Godzilla then falls into the trap and they set off the explosives. But to no avail, Godzilla climbs out of the hole. And then the military decides that it's a good idea to put a barrier of high-tension electrical wires around Tokyo. Godzilla seems to avoid electrical wires but it gives Kong strength. So Godzilla goes over to the high-tension wires, immediately freaks out by the electricity, and walks away. And then Kong goes up to it, and just eats the shit out of the electrical wires, <laughs> and he just gets superpowers, basically. It's, uh, and now the reason why that happened mm-hmm. is because it was supposed to be, again, King Kong versus Frankenstein. Right. So Frankenstein was supposed to draw power from the electrical wires. Gotcha. So I guess since they scrapped they scrapped Frankenstein, they well we could just use that for Kong now. And yeah. it makes no sense. Why would a mammal, a giant mammal, feed off of the electricity? <laughs> Why? Know. Why we not the also, I was Go gonna ahead. say we should also let's say so King Kong versus Frankenstein. It wasn't just like uh Frankenstein's monster, it was like a a Frankenstein of giant monsters, I believe it was. Yes, it was a kind of an amalgamation of different creatures, essentially. Yeah. And, it, and it was a giant Frankenstein's monster. Yeah. It's not like King Kong was going up against like a six, six foot six <laughs> on a good day. Frankenstein's <laughs> monster. <laughs> That'd be hilarious. It's just like a little German guy going up against like King a huge Kong. Build up and then just like stomp. They were. Right. Yeah, it's like I, I'm going to take him down, and just bang, he steps on him. Is it, <laughs> did you see Kong Skull Island? I have not. So, do you care if I kind of spoil it for you? No. All right. So, essentially, Samuel L. Jackson has a hard on for stopping Kong. So he's getting ready to blow Kong up, and Kong just simply smashes him with his fist. <laughs> so, like that's that's how it would have gone against Doctor Frankenstein. It would have been like, <laughs> oh, like. Wait till you see what I have for you, monster. And then he just kind of squishes him with his finger and, just, you know, like rubs it in and flicks him away. That would have been mm-hmm. a great fight. That stars podcast favorite Brie Larson, right? It, it does. Yeah. Skull <laughs> Island. I like her. <laughs> I don't have a problem with her. I, I think all three of us on this podcast enjoy Brie Larson. There's an outside person who yeah. despises her. She's listening in at the door right now. I, I hope so. She just barges in. She's like, I hope they're not talking about Brie Larson this week. <laughs> yeah, now we have to do it every week. We have to mention Brie Larson <laughs> in some capacity. Then the government puts in a call to evacuate Tokyo, which they probably should have done hours ago. Uh, Vegeta if not and days ago. <laughs> Vegeta and Famiko get separated as Famiko winds up on a train and Vegeta can't get on. 
Kong takes to destroying Tokyo like he has some sort of personal vendetta against it, winds <laughs> up destroying the train and taking Famiko as a prisoner. Kurai gets the idea to use the red berry juice to put Kong to sleep. Toko says they can explode it above him and he should go to sleep, no problem. So they attach it to missiles and they explode the red berry juice and Kong, who's standing on a tower, starts to sniff it. Sugurai starts playing the native drums over a loudspeaker as well as the chants that they must have recorded while they were there. And Kong gets very sleepy and eventually falls asleep, releasing Fumiko. There's one part where you could have cut out and saved a few seconds. It's the part where Sakurai is, you know, he's banging on the drums. Mm-hmm. And he just says, like, you take over. My arms are tired. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm glad we know that now. Yeah. Thanks for throwing that in there, movie. It seems like Sakurai is struggling with the beat a little bit, too. Yeah, he's not he's not matching up. <laughs> But it's I love that part. Like he has the exact drum from the the island. Yeah. He has the music. He has the berry juice. But we know none of that up until now. Yep. It's never shown like, hey, listen, while you take our giant god who surely protects us from all the other creatures on this island, take some of our berry juice. Here's a drum as a gift, and that's it. Thanks for the cigarettes. Thanks for the yeah. Thanks for the smokes. <laughs> Uh, so he falls asleep, and then they tie Kong up with Vegeta's magical wires and strap balloons to him and drag him with helicopters away from the city. And he looks like a giant marionette. It, it looks so uncomfortable. Yeah. Uh, his one leg is, like, jutting out <laughs> to the side. His arms are both, like, raised above his head. Like, man, that, they treat him so poorly in this movie. <laughs> so they airlift Kong to where Godzilla is, and he wakes up, and he starts to struggle. So they drop him, and he slides down a hill right into Godzilla, and then Kong runs away again. Then they yeah. fight for a solid ten minutes. Yeah, this is the uh, this is the end of the movie. The last, like, ten to fifteen minutes are just what really should have been happening earlier in the movie. Yep. It seems like a combination of stop motion and guys in suits, and it goes back and forth. Godzilla keeps hitting Kong with his tail and hitting him with the breath weapon. Then, then you know, Kong is kind of, like, down for the count. Then an electrical storm comes and hits, and Kong gets stronger. So he grabs Godzilla by his tail and tosses him and just beats the shit out of him as fire rages. <laughs> uh, they destroy some shit, and eventually they fall into the water. Earthquake happens, and then Kong emerges from the water, and Godzilla does not. And then Kong swims back home. And then that's that's the end of it. We get a short little scene with the UN reporter saying it, basically wrapping up exactly what we saw, saying, I think he says thank you or something like that. Or <laughs> Yeah, I, I, yeah, it's somewhere along the lines of, uh, like, we appreciate you, you yeah. know, tuning in. Yeah, I guess, I guess Kong was the good guy in this movie. <laughs> it's not, I mean, it's not even really explained right because kong does his fair share of destroying tokyo yeah he was a prisoner though he he definitely was he was brought against his will so understandable and and he does save the native people from the giant octopus yeah i think essentially at this point in time godzilla was still bad quote unquote so I, i know king kong was at this point I think they they were saying that he still had more popularity and gotcha. was known as a good monster. Worst so, worst case, he's chaotic chaotic neutral. One hundred percent. Yeah, he just wants to be left alone. Yeah. And no one ever wants to. He's like the Hulk, right? The Hulk <laughs> just wants to be left alone, and yeah. no one in the military wants to leave him alone. Yeah. Like, we just gotta poke the bear. But, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's, it's again. I I've said it a bunch of times on this podcast but it's just so silly and but the characters are so lovable right just how silly they are mm-hmm. sakurai mr taco just the facial expressions and obviously with the the american dub it, it adds to that comedic value right just, i mean i'm sure you growing up probably dealt with that right like seeing dubbed over japanese movies sure so yeah. it's just at like, least parodies of that right so I, the entire time I kept thinking of we must flee. It's Madame Curie, but it, it's just like that's what I'm talking about. It's the uh, like they're they're constantly uh, parodied in television and other movies. So it, it it's important. I guess it's an important part of film history. Not saying sure. this movie is important because it's definitely. I think it's probably only important to me. So <laughs> <laughs> it's I, although there was one person that I worked with at sports who. I don't know how it came up. I think I might have brought up like, oh, you know, they're making a Godzilla versus King Kong movie. Like, oh, I really like the the original. 
I just like sat up in my chair like, wait a minute, you know that movie too? Like, yeah, you do? Like, yeah, and then we hugged each other and we cried and I was like, yeah. <laughs> I was I, this I what it feels so, like when doves yeah, cry. Yeah, I was so lonely. <laughs> yeah, it's it, it's I'm very much looking forward to the new one. And I I was trying to think and I I'll pose this question to you. If you go I don't know if you're going to go see the new movie. Obviously I am. What from the 1962 version would you want to see in the new version? Like, what mm. would you want them to pay homage to? Good question. King Kong shotgunning berry juice. That'd be pretty cool. <laughs> or the cigarettes to the natives. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what, uh, who's in it? Uh, uh, Skarsgård is in it. Peter? Or is it Peter Skarsgård? Or one of the Skarsgårds just, like, shows up on the island like, oh, here's here's some stogies. Have at it. <laughs> smoke up, boys. <laughs> right? Smoke them if you got them. We're about to take your, uh, we're about to take your king. Yeah, what would you want? I think what I would like to see, maybe a couple of the character names, like maybe you have a guy named Sakurai or uh, Fujita. Mm -hmm. I think that'd be a nice little callback. I don't want to see anything with electricity in it. If <laughs> God forbid, if they say like, oh, Kong, we got to get Kong to a uh, like a transmitter so he can power up. I, I might walk out of the theater. <laughs> that would be cool. I know in Kong Skull Island, there's a giant squid. So I don't know if maybe that was a little bit of a throwback to right. this movie. But that that would be cool. The, the berry juice would be interesting. I think that would be a lot of fun to see. But mostly, I'm always a sucker for like reoccurring characters or like callback. Because the, the newer Godzilla movies had Dr. Shirazawa. Mm -hmm. And he was the original protagonist in the first Godzilla movie. He's the one who invents the, the oxygen bomb. Okay. So like that stuff's cool to me. I like to see that. And I, they they talk about the twins. I don't know if you know this. Mothra has two twin girls who are like her protectors. Yeah, I vaguely remember it. I think I, I think the most I know about it is from Monster Madness from Cinemassacre. Right. So yeah. So you have some understanding. And there's a deleted scene from King of the Monsters where they talk about the two twin the two twin girls. So like stuff like that, I like to see. So I I kind of hope they do something along those lines. But yeah, on, on a more comedic tone, the smokes would be funny. I, I would like to see that. Or like maybe one of the, the main characters, like his corns hurt. <laughs> oh, so, man, we, Millie Bobby Brown, we need to take it. We need to take a rest. My corns hurt. Like, well, cool. uh, OK, <laughs> is her name Millie Bobby Brown in the in this in the movie? No, I, I forget her name. But I, <laughs> That'd be I, great. Yeah. <laughs> Millie Bobby Brown. Why are you here? We should have more moments where people play themselves in ridiculous situations. Yes, that would be so cool. <laughs> and, and what better than disaster movies, right? Yep. Because that's that's so realistic. It's like Bill Murray and Zombieland. Exactly. We're like this is the end, right? With Seth Rogen and those sure. guys. Yeah. They all they all just play themselves. But yeah, like a natural or an unnatural catastrophe strikes. And now we're following Millie Bobby Brown around. Like, why are we focusing on her? I don't know, but it's awesome. It's like, I guess Stranger Things Season 4 is going to get delayed. We got Godzilla. <laughs> right. <laughs> She's on set reading her, her notes, and all of a sudden, on the TV, Godzilla comes out of the bay. And like, oh, well, this is going to put a wrench in things. There's only one person that can stop Godzilla. Get me Millie Bobby Brown. Right. <laughs> she, little, little do we know she's like a zoologist. Yeah. She studied, like, I've studied these giant creatures. I know all about them. <laughs> Cryptozoology. Just fending off texts from Drake. <laughs> <laughs> He's Who's the real monster there? <laughs> we see you, Drake. <laughs> yeah. you're, you're worse than 10,000 Godzillas. The destruction that you cause. Mm, yep. It can't be fixed. <laughs> like, I like how someone that was shitting on Drake. He knows what he did. Yeah, well, yeah, he can't hide. Yep. So never let it be said that we aren't in touch with the times in, yep. on this podcast. We've mentioned WAP and Drake with Millie Bobby Brown. Yeah. We know what's up. We have our pulse or our fingers on the pulse. Yep. Drake is a sexual predator, possibly. Allegedly. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like how we had that awkward pause there. Like, are we wrapping it up now? Because we're done? Or are we just going to kind of end it on, we're, on Drake? We're making wildly unsubstantiated claims about Drake, but, you know. You might have heard it here first, I guess. I don't know. The signs are all there, people. Signs are there. 
She's not the only person, the only underage girl that's like, oh, yeah, Drake texts me all the time. <sighs> Billie Eilish said the same thing. Oh, got a <laughs> couple of crystallias on our hand here. We got a, a pattern forming. Mm. But anyway, <laughs> is there anything we do to make this movie better? <laughs> uh, well, uh, yes. So essentially, I would cut out the the plane crashing storyline. It served no purpose. I would also probably just get rid of them mentioning the super strong wire. Okay. You don't need it. You just have wire. No one's going to question it. It would get rid of my favorite scene in the whole movie, though. <laughs> it is a good scene, but I don't know why he's so against he's so against Vegeta going out on the ledge there. He He's about to have a coronary. <laughs> he's like, oh, my God, please stop. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, to, to me, you get rid of that because, again, not really needed. It's funny, but not really needed. Um, <laughs> and I would also have Kong and Godzilla fight at least one more time. Because the first time isn't a fight. It's like you said, they posture. Kong kind of just like bangs his chest and grunts. And then just he gets his ass kicked. Yeah, I'd have a couple more fights. But other than that, I'm good. I, I love this movie so much. It holds, like I said, it holds a special place in my heart. I remember vividly watching it as a kid over and over again. So just minor things. Okay. The only thing I would do is I'd make this 15 minutes shorter. I'm not going to prescribe how to do that. Um, I think you made some pretty good uh, suggestions on what things can lift out. I just think 75 minutes is a perfect length for this movie. It just, in the middle, it dragged a little bit for me, and I was, you know, checking my phone at that point. Just like, all right, I'm getting, it, this is getting old for me. I'm over it at this point. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, it's fine. It's not, it's not a bad, it's it's a fun, It it, it is fun if it was a little bit tighter. Um, it, it'd be a little bit more fun. I probably don't need as much check-ins with the un reporters because <laughs> uh, it's like every other scene it's like they're because they like didn't have transitional moments in between the actual action so they had to go to these scenes over and over again and just i want yeah. is that just in the u.s version or is that in all versions do we know uh i i don't know but i'm going to assume that this is in the final version okay because I, there is a Japanese version and an American version. And there, the, I, it was widely speculated that there's two different endings, but there isn't. Right. So I think this is in both versions, the gotcha. the UN stuff. But there's just like uh, dialogue that's in the, it, I think, what is it? There's more lines of dialogue in the Japanese version that are kind of cut out from or overdubbed from gotcha. the American version. So, but I do believe the UN is in both versions. Okay. Yeah. But other than that, I don't really have much more to say about this movie. Yeah. Yeah. Any it's, final, final thoughts? Yeah. Again, like as you described, as Anthony described, uh, you're probably not going to like this if you didn't grow up enjoying one or both of these characters right now. Because you have to you have to remember in 33, like people were terrified of King Kong. They were like, oh, my God, this is insane. And same thing with Godzilla. People were scared. You know, nowadays it's they're no longer horror movies they're action movies and there's not a huge base of it for them so if you didn't grow up with them you're probably not going to enjoy it as much as say i did but yeah if you if you know these characters and you've kind of you've watched their past movies i think this movie is going to be right up your alley and you've probably seen this movie okay yeah what do you want to plug plug your shit Oh, yeah, I forgot. We plug things. My personal Twitter, at Diaquino122. Uh, I also run the Stranger Damies account on Twitter. That's at Stranger Damies. Episodes air every Wednesday. And you could find us on the main Damie website. You could find us on Geek Vibes Nation. We're wherever you get your podcast from, you know, so Apple, Stitcher, Google Play, wherever you get it from, download it, Podbean. And yeah, we're a top 50 podcast, according to the podcast magazine. So yeah, go vote for us. We have that tweet pinned on our Twitter. If there's another podcast that you like, go vote for them as well. Just throw our names in there. We would greatly appreciate it. Great. Yeah. And where They Called Us a Movie, you can find us at theycalledusamovie.podbean.com and on all podcast streaming apps, just look for They Called Us a Movie. The main website is themaindamie.com. We post content there, all these episodes, Stranger Damies, and some articles whenever I feel the, the need to write one. 
themaindamey.com and on all uh, social media at the main Damey. just look for the main Damey and we'll pop right up we're also proud member of geek vibes nation they're at gvnation.com on and on all podcasts and social just look for geek vibes nation bunch of great shows on there we're part of it tia's show as we mentioned earlier in the cast as well as another bunch of great shows something for everyone if you're into geek stuff there's surely another show that you wouldn't mind listening to. Uh, again, it's gbnation.com and Geek Vibes Nation on all socials and podcasts. I'm at Antelvec. If you want to help us, if you want to give back to us, uh, go on to iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts, wherever you can do ratings. Give us a five-star rating. Give us a review. They really help us out in terms of getting seen. It's one of the major things for the algorithms for podcasts or these pod, these iTunes reviews. So if you could do iTunes, that'd be greatly appreciated to give us a five-star review. Uh, if you have any suggestions on movies that we can cover next time, uh, the main at gmail.com is always open. We're active on Twitter, so you could always hit us up, up there as well. And that's going to wrap us up this week. It's a very tight episode. The director of King Kong vs. Godzilla is Ishiro Honda. So, for Dan Aquino, this is Anthony Del Vecchio telling Ishiro Honda, well, you certainly made a movie, didn't you?